0: Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast today. I didn't want to say my name because I have two guests who also have podcasts. I have with me Keith Collins of Generation Impact Ministries and Ken Pounders of Outreach Ministries of Alabama. And we're kind of interviewing each other today. Guys, it's so good to be with you. It's great to be with you, Eric.
0: Yeah, it's a blessing to be with you again on, on your podcast as well as on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so whatever podcast you're listening to today, we just want to welcome you. We're actually coming to you from Sicily, the city of Jayla in Italy. We've been here, these guys last week, I've been here the last couple of weeks, and we've just seen God move powerfully. And I'm just excited because I know that the Lord has such a passion for souls and for the nations, Jesus told us, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel Absolutely. what what do you think? What is
0: God's heart for the nations? Why the nations? Why is it so important to the lord? and I'll, I'll start just by saying this um, you know Jesus came and literally gave his life, not just for Israel but for Israel and all the nations of the earth, therefore, we see in the first century church, the original apostles really touched Jerusalem, and then they went out to Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. And we know from Matthew, that 28th, that we are called to, to go into the nations and make disciples, baptizing them, and really training them to train others who will continue to advance the gospel. So that's why the three of us have done this for many years now. Right. Ken, how many nations have you been to?
2: I've been in almost 30 nations. Wow. And that's not counting my podcast. I think we talked about this the other day. Our podcast has been downloaded in 100 nations. Wow.
1: It's amazing.
0: Yeah. And you've been in how many? Uh, at this point, 38 nations. So 38 wow. nations, yeah. been a real honor. You know,
1: many, most of you know, we, our family has served as missionaries in the Philippines for 20 years I've been to several other nations as well, but there's been a real unique outpouring of the Spirit here, I feel like, these last couple of weeks that we've been here. You and I have been to Sicily a few times, Yes. but here in the city of Jayla it's not the most popular city on this island, it's a beautiful island lots of history in the city of Syracuse. That's where Paul the Apostle came in from the island of Malta. We read about Acts 28 and eventually went up the coast into Rome. So there's amazing history and heritage here, biblical and just world history. But it's amazing that the Lord would call all three of us to be able to come here together yeah. to pour out to serve this community of believers. We're at the Terra Promessa church here in Jayla what What are some things that you've seen God do these last week or i I would say two weeks that's how long I've been here but what what's something unique that stood out to you something that you'll remember from this trip? Well, you know we've been
2: the three of us have been talking about this trip for probably two or more years it's true maybe longer yeah yeah because now i'm thinking of covid maybe even before covid we were, had begun to discuss it so here it is upon us and you know one of the primary responses i got um there's certain places you go that people kind of scoffingly say oh you're going to Italy (laughs) or you know we did an outreach for years in the Bahamas which was actually one of the most difficult outreaches we did but I always got oh you're going oh you're going to the Bahamas right well Italy if you take away the Catholic Church as far as born-again Bible-believing Christians I think the the whole country is under 1% which makes it absolutely an unreached
1: people group and we've heard this from a missionary paul and his wife julianne schaefer who's worked with crisis the answer ministries they've been missionaries here for 47 yeah, years so, and what
2: a tremendous guy
1: oh they're they're phenomenal people paul has translated most of our meetings conversations and and is he what 68 almost mm-hmm. 70 almost
0: 70 he's like 69 yeah
1: and just his go button is on. He's a trooper.
0: Yeah, he is. Oh, oh my goodness! Really
1: amazing. But that's who we're hearing this from. Right. Someone who's preached all over this nation. They have evangelized. We've all said this that it's amazing that you talk with people who said twenty years ago, thirty years ago, fifty years ago. We remember when the Crisis Answer Team came through this city, and I gave my life to the Lord. And yeah. amazing stuff. But I love it because. It seems like the Lord just began to open up doors, build relationships. None of us are here to get a good offering. None of us are here to say, well, you know, we're God's man for the hour. You know, we just say, Lord, we want to serve. Yeah. We all have our own responsibilities, our own families, but yet when the lord brought us together here and we feel the burden of god
0: amen
1: i i know this past sunday i felt such a burden even the day before to talk about what well, what well, i didn't even know what i was going to talk about even though most of the time i talk about revival sure. and missions i had a totally different message but one unique thing was that i found a brick that was from the foundation of a house of prayer at the brownswood revival school of ministry during the revival days that my mother-in-law got for me cuz she heard those buildings were being demolished and she went down there and felt the need to go get the brick gave it to me and I ended up getting several other ones and I felt I was supposed to bring one here and you know there's nothing spiritual about a brick <laughs> <laughs> but it was the symbolism of, it's foundational. Amen. It's a, it's a cornerstone, you know, like prayer is for any person's life and ministry that we lay down. And this church has been going after God. Mm-hmm. So as much as we felt called that the Lord brought us here, I feel like these people were going after God and God Man. said it's a good fit for you guys to be here yeah. and to help pour gasoline on their fire. Amen. Yeah.
0: I mean I, I mean, I personally believe that we've been on, um, and I would call it like an apostolic strategic trip here. Yeah. And, um, and one thing I guess I've noticed is just genuine hunger. And all of us have poured our hearts out and we've really preached the gospel. Yes. We're not calling people to a better job. We're not <laughs> calling people to fame and fortune. We're not telling right. people to have a big ministry. We're really calling people to a life of consecration unto Jesus, that he's worthy of Of everything, yeah, and the response has been amazing. So I'm, I'm convinced that, um, you know, and again, I I was here probably five years ago in Catania three different times, helping with the school of ministry there. Um, but, but I believe that that God wants to continue even some of those things that were started years ago, right? And to really arrest even this young Italian generation, the Sicilian. We're in Sicily, the Sicilian Italian generation to where they really know what it means to fall in love with Jesus and to lay their lives down for the gospel. Yeah, And I believe we're a part, all three of us, as well as others that will come in, we're a part of just not we're anything except for the fact that, you know, God has had us in strategic places for decades now to be prepared for this season in our lives. So I believe right. there's a real apostolic strategy involved with us being here this week, the, the last two weeks for you. Hey, Keith, if you could be careful, I know our, phone is
1: shaking over there with the table. We're here on a, (laughs) we're just making it work today. We have a phone set up, a computer, and we said, man, we got to do a podcast together. And so if you're feeling a little shaky right there, uh, it might not be the Holy Spirit. It might just be the phone. (laughs) But You know, we have a friend, you were just talking about the school of ministry in Catania that you and I, you actually invited me to come to and teach on revival evangelism a couple different times. And there was a young man there named Vincenzo. Yes. And Vincenzo was driving like an hour and a half one way, and he'd had to go round trip every time he came for classes to the fire school ministry that was being established there. And it was just a few students. There weren't very many. I think maybe 10 or 12, maybe a few more. But this guy is so hungry. And the reason why we connected with Vincenzo is I remember when in one of my classes one day, I just stopped teaching one day and felt to prophesy over the students, to pray over them and just declare God's word over their life. And as I did, apparently I said some things that were very important to Vincenzo. I don't even know what it was. But he recorded it, and he would listen to it on his way to him from the fire school ministry when he had all that driving time. He ended up coming to the Philippines in 2019 with our good friend Laborio, who has also worked with Christ as the Answer, a phenomenal uh, preacher of the gospel, a real evangelist, pastor. And then they also had a young lady named Eleonora who had just gotten saved six months before they came in 2019 in August uh, to the Philippines out of a life of lesbianism. Wow. And when all three of them came, only Labario spoke English. They slept in very simple situations. They didn't ask for anything. And they God used them. The two weeks we were there. That began to build a relationship, and eventually— The Lord spoke to Vincenzo May of last year to invite myself, my wife, and my three children, and we came in September and we saw the Lord move, but then they wanted to do more here. But it was just a supernatural time that it feels like the Lord is bringing people together for like a strategic apostolic strategy you were just saying a few minutes ago. So I don't know all that the Lord has in store, but we've seen some miraculous things this week. yeah we've seen a lot of deliverance. yeah. can you've prayed for a lot of people. Yeah. What, what did you see this past week?
2: Well, I mean primarily, you see that people are people everywhere you go, and they're bound up. and you know there was a time where I had to deal with actual deliverance only on the foreign field. Um, And when I say actual deliverance, because, you know, there are groups in Christianity, even here, I think, some that see a demon in everything. Right. Well, there's not a demon in everything. but There are times when there is actual demonic control in a person's life. They you know, and so that has to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so increasingly you're now seeing that because this is not a third world country. Right. This is I mean, whatever you could like. This is a G7 nation. So this is one of the top nations in the world, yeah. um, economically and as far as living conditions and all that kind of thing. But increasingly, we're seeing that kind of demonic possession even in the U.S. and obviously here in Italy. And um, you know, so yeah, there has been dealing with that, but then also dealing with um, just uh, the stuff that every everybody deals with. Yeah. Uh, you know, the devil speaking lies into your mind, and you know, when you got. You know, like I won't get too in detail, but the one young lady we dealt with, we found out her brother is telling her she's ugly and fat, and nobody's ever going to want her. And he tells her that all the time. Her older brother. Right. And I'm like, you know, I'd like to cast something out of him, but yeah, you right. Know, um, uh, you know, to for her to overcome those kind of thoughts and wounds is difficult. And It takes time to really love somebody and pray with them and. Try to speak truth and then and to get them to start thinking on truth
1: themselves. Amen. Yeah, that's so good. I, I love what you just said because not always do people need a preacher. Sometimes they need a listener.
0: Yeah, so that's right.
1: Sometimes if we could show that we care, people will open up their heart and say, you're genuine. Yeah. I want what you have. And we don't compromise the gospel in any shape. We are all in making sure people see their need for a Savior, Mm. that they repent and give themselves to the Lord fully. That's
0: been a continual theme. Right. What have you seen, Keith? I mean, again, number one, I have seen genuine hunger, which has really blessed me. At the same time, you know, there's a lot of broken people here. There are a lot of, um, you know, people that have been through a lot of trauma, a lot of um, whether it be verbal, physical abuse, you know, things of this nature. So, you know, again, I find that in every country I go into. But there does seem to be, you know, somewhat of um, an egregious attack on the culture of Italy, yeah. the young people of Sicily. You can just kind of see that. And again, like America, of course, you know, we're seeing our country just spiral downward as far as yeah. morally, spiritually. I think the same thing is present here. So there's really one solution, and that's for the gospel to be real, but also for the church to be revived. So I'm really, I believe, I'm seeing a hunger for even the younger generations to really catch it and to be caught by it as far as the power of the gospel. So, So I've been encouraged with the transparency, people just wanting to get honest before God, to take off any religious mask to um to be open um so i'm you know again i'm encouraged i know it doesn't mean that there's a quick fix but i do believe that god has begun something here very powerful even in the last couple of weeks
2: so you know one of the one of the things that i i really was blessed by was that um i got to spend four or five mornings Teaching evangelism to the youth, right? And this was like fifty youth that were had spent, I guess, ten days here in church camp, yeah, two weeks, something right. like that. So they were here around the clock. So we got to see them all day every day, and we got to listen to them most of the night too. And uh, but um, being able to speak into their lives and see most of them—not all of them, but most of them—like hungry little birds, yeah, you know, Amen. taking in everything. Which, of course, gives me great hope for the future of. Amen this church and the church in Italy, when you got a generation coming up that wants to reach their world with the gospel of Christ.
1: We've seen even little girls, seven, eight years old, nine years old, several of them getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. People were telling us that they've been encountering God, they've been getting set free, they've been getting healed. Yeah, I mean, that's always amazing to me. No yeah. matter how long you're doing these things, that's not something we can make happen. No. Right. But yet, we trust that when we sow, when we pour out, that God does what he does. Amen. In fact, Eleonora, who I was talking about before that came in the Philippines out of a lesbian lifestyle. She's been walking with God now for about almost three and a half, four years. And when my family was here last September, we ended up meeting a young man who was in her life. His name is Claudio. And I didn't know this, but during the meetings in September, Claudio gave his life to Jesus. Wow. And he had a desire to get water baptized and wanted me to do the water baptism. But I thought, uh, well, I didn't know anything yet until this trip. And apparently he thought that he was going to wait for me to water baptize him, but he didn't know when I would come back. And then it just so happened to work out that this conference, uh, Revival Doorkeepers, our buddy Vincenzo, had the vision for started up, and they got married at the same time, so I was able to attend their wedding yeah. and water-baptize Claudio. So
0: awesome.
1: Which it really is. He's the first guy I've ever water-baptized besides my daughter. First Italian, I should say. First Sicilian. And uh, my daughter Hannah got water-baptized last September here. Just she wanted to do it. She was 11 years old at the time. But we see God changing people's lives. Amen. And like you said, Keith, the future of Italy, I believe, is so bright. Yes. Because the strongest group of evangelicals here in this nation are Pentecostals. Yes. People who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody is, you know, got all things right, but who does anywhere? Right. But yet, I find it interesting that the leading group of evangelicals are those who believe in the fullness of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. To me, that means if we would just let Jesus be who He is and do what He wants to do, we could see genuine revival, not just because of right theology, but because people making way for the Holy Spirit to come, a place of prayer, a place of crying out. And we know of many missionaries from Brownsville Revival Days that are serving different parts of Italy. And I just feel like there's some more things that God's going to bring us back here to do in the future. Yes. And who knows? Maybe some of you listening to the podcast today, you might be on the next trip with us. And, and, and you don't, you just don't know what doors God will open and allow you to be a part of something that just by listening to this podcast uh on my channel or or Keith or Ken's who knows the lord might speak to you and we might bring a whole
0: team here next time yeah yeah that'd be awesome i think sir. it'd be amazing yeah, you know? yeah no doubt about it
1: so what's what's next on your guys agenda when you get back to the states we're all
0: leave well you're leaving tomorrow yeah and then Ken and I are leaving the day after yeah i leave early tomorrow morning and then i'm um, fly back to charlotte and then I'm home about 24 hours and get in a car and drive about eight and a half hours up northeast of Pennsylvania, to, of Pittsburgh, and I'll be in a tent Saturday preaching, then I'll be in West Virginia about three hours south of that Sunday morning preaching, wow. and finally heading home after some long, long weeks on yeah. the road, so it'll be good to be home for a while, but you know, we got so much going on, we're building our ministry facility in Moravian Falls, that we want to house leaders and missionaries from around the world, yeah. in. and just a lot of lot of exciting, powerful things taking place right now. So, yeah,
1: that's awesome, Kim. What about you, man? Well, you know, I'm I,
0: I've
2: been gone for two weeks, and used to I was steadily gone, but I've tried to limit how much I'm, you know, out of the country, so to speak. Um, so, you know, we're in the midst of rebuilding our staff at Outreach Ministries, and uh, we've been kind of doing a number of things. I won't go into all that because it's pretty lengthy, but um pr- getting everything ready for the future right and uh so you know i'm wanting to get back get with my young staff and interns and you know speak into their lives some i'll also be at a, a missions conference this weekend speaking there in uh gaston alabama we've got several trips pending um i'm supposed to be in honduras a couple of times During the next couple of months, and then we've got our biggest event of the year for Outreach Ministries is Old Fashioned Farm Day, um, which happens in October, but it actually is a three-month. Wow. It's a three-month prep, and so we're literally, when I get back, we're starting prep for Farm Day. Real quick, tell people
1: what Outreach Ministries of uh, of Alabama is.
2: Okay, Outreach Ministries of Alabama is, you know, from the world side, world's perspective, it's a... Christ-centered drug and alcohol rehabilitation. Well, they would say a faith-based drug and alcohol right. rehab, but I don't like that terminology because I know faith-based can mean almost nothing. Right. <laughs> and so I say a Christ-centered rehabilitation center. Um, but really, if you want to boil it all the way down to what we actually do, we are an evangelistic discipleship ministry. We lead right. young men coming out of addiction, and technically young women as well. Um, sure. We We don't house young women at the moment, but I literally counsel and place young women every week. Yeah. And so um, young men and women, we lead them to Christ, and then we teach them over the course of a year how to live out their faith in Jesus Christ. And of course, many of our young people, because they get that intense training and preparation for their future, a lot of them end up in ministry. Yeah. Um, You know, they get a real passion for you know evangelism and discipleship themselves yeah and so they end up going down that road and that path and you've been in this for how long well i came to the lord through this ministry almost 42 years ago wow and um uh you know have been not long after i finished uh outreach ministries i got involved on a volunteer basis got involved with the evangelism team that was before i went off to bible college in the midwest um, but I met the director's daughter, Sonny, right. and so Sonny and I eventually married, and so we've been involved in missions ministry and
1: ministry to people coming out of addiction pretty much our entire adult yeah, life. It's an amazing ministry. Uh, I've been there several times and just have seen how you guys interact with these guys and had the honor of of sharing our testimony and, you know whatever the Lord's put on our heart, you know, Casey and myself and our kids. We're actually in the States only because our son Jonathan is going to college in August. But when I fly back, I'll be going to New York City, and then we'll minister there, go to Delaware. And then I have to go back up to New York City again. I fly out August 8th to the Philippines, start up fire school ministry Philippines again. Woohoo! Yeah. Make sure that if you're interested to come to fire school, you come uh we're starting August 15th and we're signing folks up this week for pre-registration and I think late registration goes until about the 17th or 18th but you can look us up on Fire School Ministry Philippines on Facebook but we're super excited. Yeah. You know, I think it's important to talk about what we do on a weekly basis because you know, people think, oh, you're going on a trip. You alluded to this earlier. Oh, you're going to Italy, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> this is just a a small percentage yeah. of what our families do. Yes. And I say our families because Sonia, Darla, Casey, we have incredible wives,
2: uh,
1: yeah. children that love God, serving the Lord. And we have these ministries we're responsible before. But we have such a great relationship, yeah. you know, that— the Lord's allowed us to cultivate for several years now. I've known Keith a bit longer, but Keith and Ken have been coming to the Philippines since. Do you know when? Early 1950s. <laughs> that's, that's <good. laughs> Before I was born. It was amazing. At least the last seven or eight years. Yeah. So yeah, I think years. I've I mean, been coming
2: more than that. But Ken and I've been coming together. I think right? my first trip over was probably 2017. Uh, Okay. So Yeah. yeah, we've,
1: and it, and it's been amazing. You guys have always done our conferences. We've gone to different parts of the Philippines, uh, in Mindanao mostly, and you're always pouring into our students at Fire School Ministry. And I know that's a passion and a lot of them probably listening right now. They love you guys and we're so looking forward to having you back in the Philippines for sure. Definitely. And, uh, I'm looking forward to more trips like this together.
0: Yeah. I yes. just
1: believe that we have such a great relationship. And yeah, I, I really, I learned so much from you guys as we go. You know,
2: I think, I think one of the awesome things is, and I, I think knowing you guys and talking with you guys, we all see this, is that I, I saw a real shift in my ministry. It's, it's really been happening for a long time. But I really began to see it about 10 to 15 years ago where I went far more into training and raising up the next generation. Yes, uh, And, yes, you know, I think that's why we're here. Yeah, um, We're not here just, oh, we could, you know, go preach in Italy. No, right. um, when I found out I was going to be training those youth, I was like, man, <laughs> this is my wheelhouse, yeah, amen. Um, you know, to be able to raise up and get get young people to believe God can use them. Yes. yes. Cuz I remember when I was 20 years old and coming out of addiction and God started speaking to me that he was going to take me all over the world. I would literally almost beat myself like stop thinking that way. How dare you think God could use you? <laughs> yeah. But God can use you and yes. he wants to use you. Amen. So, right. amen. Yeah. So I think that's what our call is to train and raise up another generation.
1: I agree. It's awesome. Keith, you got it? Yeah, anything? I mean, you
0: know, honestly, my heart is really to, to father well, you know, the next generation mm-hmm. of leaders. And, you know, what we're doing now, we, uh, you know, we you know, we have a network of leaders. I call it a family of leaders. And really my passion is to be there for them, yeah. to encourage them, to speak into their destinies, to, um, to support them, to do everything I can to help them go as far in the Lord as they can. And again, I, like Ken said, I think that's why we're here. This is yeah. not only here to touch the generation, but also to impact the current leaders that need to be encouraged to make sure that generation does it well. So it's an honor to be in a place like this with both of you guys, for sure. You know,
1: we're coming to the end here. We just have uh, about a minute left, but there's a scripture I read this morning in Joshua 24, verse 31, and this is coming to a close for Joshua, the end of his life and ministry, It says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. And this is exactly what we're talking about. It's not about us. We have such a desire for people that we have the joy and honor of pouring into to take it to the next level, next generation. If it looks different than how we did it, praise God. You know, it's... It's the foundations are always going to remain the same. The biblical principles will be there. But w- you and I both know that our testimonies are unique, what God's done in us. And then we're praying that our ceiling becomes the next generation's floor. That's it. Amen. And uh, what an honor. So, man, this has been awesome. Thank you guys for being here together.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's in awesome. Italy.
1: And I look forward to the next time again. Yeah, me too. Let's do it
0: again. Yeah. Let's do it soon. Amen.
1: So to all our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this time, and we look forward to being with you on our next podcast. God bless you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.